Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Ryan, and joining me this week is my co-host, Josh. Josh, how's it going? It's going swell. How are you, Ryan? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, we're going to talk about some video games, but before we do that, I just wanted to mention, Jocelyn is not here this week. You probably noticed that when Justin talked, it was Josh. <laughs> started talking. <laughs> yeah, also that. And but I mean I can I can understand the confusion when I said my co-host Josh it's very close to Joss maybe they thought okay this is an elaborate ruse and I'm going too far with this joke anyways Jocelyn is in Dallas for a uh, DreamHack event so she's out of town we've got a guest again explaining this too much Josh save me here let's talk about video games <laughs> really I want to talk about this Dallas trip yeah let's talk about she's in America. <laughs> She's in America. She's down south, as far as I understand American geography. Um, (laughs) Speaking of American geography, I just wanted to give a quick note to uh, Days Gone. That's pretty much what I've been playing this last week, as both Jocelyn and I are uh, preparing for a spoiler cast of of a a certain variety. I I don't know if Jocelyn's going to have time to finish the game by next week, but uh, I believe we will have... We will do a discussion with spoilers to a certain point, and that point probably being, um, well, hopefully the end. I've had the main credits roll, so I, I can talk right to the end. But of course, I'm not going to spoil it if Jocelyn hasn't had a chance to finish it. But we wanted to put a cap on that as essentially Josh. Josh, oh man, that joke's biting <laughs> me in the butt. Uh, essentially, Josh. Which one am I? <laughs> oh, um, essentially, E3 is in two weeks, so next week. Holy. I know. And next week, we're going to have sort of a, a week where stuff gets announced. Like, this week, we've got, like, pre-E3 pre announcements. Next week is going to be the pre-E3, get it out there before E3 news, you know, takes over announcements. And then the week after that will be Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of the stuff this week has been, like, what we hope to see it at E3. What are you most excited to see at E3? And I'm like, I would like to know what's at E3. Yeah. So can, it's, can I have that info? <laughs> exactly. It's essentially just a, you know, just a get things going type thing. So we'll uh, we'll discuss more Days Gone next week and obviously some more uh, pre E three news. But I do want to hear about a couple games that you've got listed here. Uh, all of them actually. I'm not just going to pick out a few. <laughs> that sound that would be rude. Uh, Dauntless, brand new game, Epic Games Store exclusive, kind of a build as a monster hunter sort of MMO. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's pretty much Monster Hunter that looks like a Fortnite game. Interesting. Which, uh, I'm worried my tone undersells that. It's actually pretty awesome. Uh, like, if you've ever played Monster Hunter, then you're already ahead of the curve in Dauntless. It's it's such the same kind of game, but looks completely different and I think it's a good look to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing against the way Monster Hunter looks, but this one just feels... I don't know. I always like the cartoony-looking graphics. You know, I don't need my games to be super surreal. Just, I want it to look like a video game sometimes, and this one does a good job of that. Yeah. But yes. Is Daunt- Are you playing on PS4 or PC? Uh, PS4. Okay. And it's got cross-play, right? Correct. Cool. So whatever, uh, it's Xbox, PC, and PS4, and there's crossplay. You can get your Epic friends on there and play with one another, and there is an in-game mic system, so you don't have to worry about all that. 
So mm-hmm. it's it's very uh, accessible because it's also free, and it's not free in the sense that uh, kind of like the way MMOs are, where it's kind of locked behind a paywall with some like you know like easy stuff to make your life easier kind of locked behind paywall it's pretty much a free game with cool skins and stuff for purchase so hmm. it's 100 percent. go download the game it's free interesting so, that was actually pretty cool yeah so it's free to play and it's on pc uh, xbox and ps4 now are you fine now did you get a chance to boot and like do you have a pc i can't remember if you have a pc or access to a pc I know you were having PC issues last we spoke. I have a brand new PC. Oh, yes. So does it support? So it's got cross play. Does it support cross progression? Like you could play your account on PC, similar to Fortnite, how you can kind of bounce around. Yep. That was actually one of the first things I checked because one like, uh, like there's a group of us who are playing it right now. Like the first day we played it, we played it for like pretty much the whole day or something around there. You know, give or take a couple hours. Uh, but the first thing I did when we got done is I booted up my PC and I was like, oh, please tell me all that carried over because every now and then it just feels good to boot up a super powerful PC now that I have one and boom, all my progress transferred over. So, And is it a four player sort of group type thing or is there a, a cap on your group that you can have? Uh, one to four. One to four. Okay. Yep. So walk me through like a generic sort of encounter so you're you're joined up with four friends do you is there like a town that you queue into or are you just getting quests and then you're zoning over to the quest to do it like how does that work so essentially there's just like the main hub city Mm -hmm. uh it's pretty much where you get your quest and you make your gear and like restock your potions and your grenades and whatnot and then you just pretty much go to the quest board and you say i want to do a random hunt or i want to hunt this monster and then it just throws your group into a server, you log on to a map, and you go kill that monster. Neat. Um, so it's actually, like, it's very simple in the way it works, which is kind of good and kind of bad. Like, it's the one thing it's got going pro against Monster Hunter is, like, if you say, hey, I want to hunt Bob the Dinosaur, it throws you on the map, and there's just Bob the Dinosaur. You go find him, and you kill him. And the map's not that big, so it's not like it's a huge search. Whereas Monster Hunter, it was like, like it felt like a live environment where there was Bob the dinosaur, there was also Steve the saber tooth tiger, and you know all this other stuff going on at the same time. So uh, the world felt more alive in Monster Hunter, whereas in this one, it's like a lot of people said it's felt empty, and mm. they kind of got a point where. Like all you're doing is going after that one monster and then you're going back to town. So is this one of those types of games where they've got a good gameplay loop and that they could easily continue to build upon it? Like I assume that's the idea as a free to play game that they're going to continuously update this thing, right? Well, they have, uh, they have, okay. In Fortnite, there's a thing called like a battle pass where basically you're getting, um, rewards, on just kind of experience that you've gained throughout the week and it could be anything from cosmetics to potions to supplies uh nothing that's pay to win but pretty much pretty good rewards that you get Hmm. excuse me and uh they have that in this as well so there's that 
Ooh, my bad. There's that sense of uh, you're working towards something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the only worry is right now is that all there is is just hunting that one monster at a time. And granted, like you need to hunt them a couple times to make their armor and make their weapons and upgrade that stuff. Uh, I'm worried that kind of like Monster Hunter, that's going to get repetitive and kind of fall off. So I'm looking forward to see what they're going to do to keep it fresh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. It sounds like uh, it, it could get repetitive, but I'm hoping, like you, that this continues to be something that's continuously up- updating. And honestly, it, it, it bodes well being an Epic game store exclusive that, that they will have to support it because it's one of their few major titles that come out every once in a while and i think that those those get a a lot of attention now i don't i don't want it or expect it to be like the Fortnite of monster hunters i really think that this could benefit from just being a really well polished continuously you know serviceable game so i i saw it i didn't realize it was free to play and i might check it out knowing that it's free to play what what do you got to lose right so um well and that's the thing like i've been keeping an eye on it for a while because i was like man this looks like monster hunter but it looks fun and quirky and Mm -hmm. got like some humor to it i'm really yeah i really want to try this game when it comes out and then i actually never looked at its release date it was just kind of one of those games i kept watching like a video here and there it's like oh yeah it's gonna be awesome it's gonna be cool yeah and i just like opened up the epic store one day and it's like hey come download dauntless i'm like what uh sure and it's like oh by the way it's free. I'm like, double what? Uh, sure. So, it was a double surprise for me, like, a couple days ago to find out the game that I've been keeping an eye on was free and available. Yeah. Double surprises across the sky. Whoa, I didn't even think that was possible. Uh, <laughs> one one last question. Is it, how is it soloable? Because, I mean, my schedule's really all over the place and i only have like an hour or two a night to play games like is it is it something that's soloable like something you'd want to do by yourself or is it like my experience with with the division two where like you have to play with another person to not because the game requires it but because the enjoyment of it is dependent on playing with a friend like what are you what are your thoughts on that um i think if you're into the mechanics that were monster hunter you can enjoy it solo I will say there are some fights that are like super tough that it almost feels like you have to have a party to get involved with it. Okay. But there are other hunts that like I was killing one dude in three minutes and I had 30 minutes to do it. So um, like the spectrum of soloable to man, you really need a party here is pretty far. So, (laughs) but it's, it's kind of like a, I'd say the timing and everything and the rhythm is very Dark Souls, if it makes sense. Like, you can't just go in and button mesh. If you do, you're going to die. So there's a strategy to to these monsters. Exactly. You have to kind of, like, look at, you know, their animations. And some of them are attacking so fast, you maybe get, like, one swing in. And then you got to roll away. And so it's got that, you know, that Dark Souls feel where you can't just walk into a room and say, All right, everybody line up because i'm cutting you down it's it's very these guys can tear you up real quick if you're not careful so soloing can be tough uh but it can be done like i've done it plenty of times to where i'm like yeah you know there's i know who to avoid and who i can just kind of log in and go hey i'm here to 
beat your face in again with a mace. So <laughs> let's do it. Yeah, they welcome the invitation. Uh, or, or invitation. That's that's good. Well, I will check that out. I, I will at least install it and look at it and maybe maybe hit the play button. You know, depending on how my night goes. But um, I'm curious. You've also got Total War Three Kingdoms, and I gotta admit, it's been a hit in the Discord. People are into it. However, Total War has been a franchise that I've always thought I could get into. And again, got to the point where I would install it, I would I would look at the screenshots, I would hit the play button maybe, but I've just never been able to commit to a Total War game. Now, what makes Three Kingdoms different from every other Total War game? Or is it just like the next rendition of a Total War game? Well, for me, uh, I've been into the Total War games that have to do with like actual history so i didn't really get into uh the warm the warhammer ones yeah uh, i have both of those just through humble bundles they basically they produce like 200 dollars worth of dlc for both of them and i think they just started giving away the starter game so i but i have never booted it up again installed it never booted it up so yeah for me it's a very like uh i'm really into like city building type of games and stuff so for me the battle aspect of it isn't the main appeal i kind of like the map look and developing your cities and kind of spreading your borders and kind of stuff and for me total war's always done that so the thing with three kingdoms it's got that total war feel to it and also the three kingdom story is something i'm very familiar with because i absolutely love the dynasty warrior games Mm-hmm. So it's pretty much a Dynasty Warrior story set in the Total War franchise. And I don't know, it translated very well. It's been a very fun game. It's definitely one that you can't just sit down and go, oh, I've got 15 minutes to burn. <laughs> uh, it requires some time to sit there and play it. But if you've played any Total War game, to me, it just feels like another Total War game, mm-hmm. which is a good thing. When you say it's similar to a Dynasty Warrior game, the first thing that pops into my head are over-the-top characters, action, and cinematics. Is that what this brings to Total War Three Kingdoms? Like sort of a, a flair for the cinematic? Or or just the fact that you've got like... Um, like What's the premise here? Like it's not historical-based, It's but there are countries that are... Like real countries, right? Well, if you know the the story of the three kingdoms the ancient chinese story um mm. that is usually played out in dynasty warriors they pretty much took that story and put it in a total war setting um compared to other total war games i've played the characters that both you play and you're up against their leader within the faction feels like they've got a really good personality like it really feels like you're going up against someone and not just some AI controlled thing, you know, this the blue color on the map is my next target. It's like, no, I'm I'm going up against, you know, the Kingdom of Wu and this is the guy leading it and this is the one I need to look for. And they got this cool option where uh you kind of have like this quest log that they give you and you have choices that you can make that either follow along the storyline of the three kingdoms like it'll be like oh if you attack these guys um that's following along the storyline or you can choose not to attack them and that diverts you into like this whole unique experience so 
they kind of let you explore both the story itself and just deciding whether or not you even want to go that route, which is pretty nice. Cool. Well, I'm, I'm glad you're enjoying it. I know a lot of people have been enjoying it. Now, is it is it a campaign game or are you is it like Civ where you set up your game and you play and then you finish that game and then you go and do it again? Uh, it's definitely a campaign kind of game. Okay. Like you will save it and return to it later on. Okay. Um, most Total War games do last quite a while. I think only one I've been able to do in one sitting, and that's because I didn't win through Conquest. I think I did something else. I don't remember, but uh, it does take a while. Yeah, it's one of those strategy games that's kind of kind of laid back, but it, now it is. It's an RTS like major. Like the thing for me from Total War, what I remember from the marketing and again i've never played one but what i remember are these large scale battles with immense armies is that still the case in three kingdoms here like that's kind of that's kind of the big meat in the game uh yep okay and the cool thing that they added is that those characters that are specific to the three kingdoms saga um they're pretty much your generals in battle and then you can actually see them on the battlefield and they'll actually duel one another, which is really cool because then it feels like you're... Have you ever played a Dynasty Warriors game? Uh, well, no, I haven't played a Dynasty Warriors game, but I played <laughs> I played the uh, Zelda and Fire Emblem sort of Musou oh, okay. games, like the spinoff sort yeah, of. Yeah. yeah. So then you know the concept of like, there's like an army around you, but there's also the general that you're going to go off fight 1v1 while everything's around you going you know chaos yeah for sure i uh, yeah yeah it's that. got it's got that except you're kind of taking like a bird's eye perspective of it you mm. know you're not directly controlling the character like they have like one or two abilities that you can activate during battle but for the most part you're just watching these two generals go at it while the armies around them are going at it it's just it's actually pretty cool like it feels it feels like a Dynasty Warriors RTS in a sense because mm. they added that mechanic into there. Like that's kind of what I feel is unique to this one. I don't know if they did it in the Warhammer ones. Uh, I don't remember them doing it like that in any of the previous ones where it's just like you can go general versus general instead of like the general's battalion versus the general's battalion. It's like, no, it's 1v1, come duel me, bro. And they just duke it out. Mm -hmm. No, it sounds really neat. I maybe maybe this is the one. Maybe this is the one that I actually look at. Maybe I don't buy it, but maybe I watch people play it. Now, have you? Now you're a big streamer. You've been streaming a lot. I get a notification on my phone pretty much every night, and I I try to I try to catch it when I can. But have you been streaming Total War at all? Uh, no, I do mostly a co-op stream. Mm -hmm. So we've been doing uh, Dauntless the past couple days, and we always do Don't Starve Together. That's like the staple of our streams, Don't Starve Together. So Right. So speaking of Don't Starve Together, how has that game been been doing lately? Because it, it sees updates quite often, does it not? Uh, most of the updates have been to the standalone uh, oh, okay. Don't Starve. Uh, they actually did release a new character for Don't Starve Together not too long ago, which is, you know, it's pretty cool to have that new thing going in there. Um, I don't know if they added the two new characters from the standalone experience into Together yet. I'll have to check that out. But, I mean, for 
Pervel and I, who Val's, you know, a fan of the show, we play together on stream. Like we both got the platinum trophy for the game, which means we've done all the trophies. But there's still so much stuff that we haven't done. And it feels good like every now and then we'll be like, Oh my god, this is a thing. We didn't know <laughs> that. And so uh for some reason this game just always feels fresh for us and we love it and we actually uh started a community server so it's a server that anybody who plays it on the ps4 can join us hmm. and we keep you know that's open up for anyone to come join and it's just a game that for some reason we just love to go back to and, and play it's it just never gets old we recently you know suited everyone up and Went up against a bunch of hounds, and that was fun, you know? Just <laughs> charged their little bone mounds in the desert, you know? We're like, hey, we need this gold. Die! <laughs> well, that's good that yeah. you're still having fun with that game. I, I think you're right. Man, it's been around for quite a while. And for some reason, I thought they were keeping it, you know, they were updating it in in some sort of step lock with the main game. But they don't add expansion content to, to together, do they? Uh, they have Reign of Giants. Oh, okay. And every now and then they'll have like a seasonal event, though it's more cosmetic with a few gameplay changes. Uh, but they don't have the shipwrecked and they don't have Hamlet. And Hamlet's the new one that just came out for the standalone Don't Starve. Do you know if there's an intention to add that stuff? Uh, I have no idea. Huh. For now, it just feels like they're... Uh, they're redoing the characters, the older characters, the kind of changing their pros their cons and their abilities to kind of update them and keep them fresh mm -hmm. so that's good but that's good. as far as i know i don't know of any of the new expansion content coming to don't start together okay well it's interesting yeah i'm i'm thinking uh don't starve together is something that will probably be around for for quite a while it's, don't starve is kind of one of those things that's really uh been a big hit for clay so it's good that they're supporting it in some fashion and, and hopefully together gets a bit more bit more love in the near future but uh speaking of uh confusion between joss and josh we're going to talk about hearthstone rise of shadows which is the new solo adventure they've gone back to the paid solo adventure content and i'm sure jocelyn's been playing it but uh, having her own hearthstone podcast she doesn't often you know talk about hearthstone on the show but josh i'm curious because i was always a big proponent of solo adventures in hearthstone and I know nothing about this. So I want to know, is it good? Is it worth picking up? Uh, it's freaking amazing, man. Ooh. Like, I I always come back to try the solo adventures. Um, I don't do much uh, online, mostly because I don't have a lot of cards. So I'm really behind on the meta. Mm -hmm. uh, so I decided I'd try. I, like, now that I can stream, I've done a couple Hearthstone streams. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to rank up. I'm going to try to get the legend. And then like two days into it, they launched the solo adventure. And I was like, oh, look, solo adventure. Let's do that instead. <laughs> uh, and it actually turned out it's the best solo adventure that they've had yet. Really? Uh, yeah. The characters that you play are pretty cool. The characters you play against are pretty neat. That's uh, got the deck building aspect to it. Uh, the treasures, it, like all of it. It just feels like they took... Uh, a lot of feedback and a lot of pros that happened over the past couple solo adventures and kind of melded it all together and said, all right, how's this? And it's been so freaking fun, man. Like I, I had all intentions to try to rank up 
to try to get to that legend. Now I have zero intentions to do that. And every intention to beat every, like, there's different stages in Dalaran. You're pretty much the bad guys attacking Dalaran. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's five or six different parts of Dalaran that's unlocking about every week. And I plan on beating every stage with every class because it's that fun. Like, it's got that kind of replayability to it. And it's just been, like... If you've had a passing interest in kind of the solo adventures, you're like, oh, you know, I've kind of enjoyed them. They've been kind of nice. You'll, you're going to love this one. It's, it was just so well done. I'm not even going to bother to rank up. I'm not going to try to, you know, convince myself. I'm not going to go, oh, it's all right, Josh. You said you'd do it. You can do it. No, no. That voice is gone. It's all solo adventure. And are they I rewarding cards like they have in the past, or is this completely separate from... From the cards in the main game? Uh, I've been getting card packs. Oh, card packs. Yep. Okay. So Uh, random card packs or or actual cards? No, actual, like, card packs. Like the ones you'd buy out of the store. Oh. Because remember uh, in the old, you know, the older solo adventures, they'd actually give, they'd unlock cards. Like, you'd get, like, 20 cards by buying the adventure. Maybe they felt like that was, people felt required to play all the adventures. But now you're, they're just giving random loot p- packs when you finish the adventure stuff, which is kind of good. It's still value, right? But it's not like straight up a card. You don't know what yeah, you're going to get. I haven't come across any like, oh, you can only get this card by doing the solo adventure. I haven't gotten any of that. Um, it's been mostly like, oh, if you complete this swing, here's three card packs. And it's like, oh, sweet. I didn't have to buy card back. I'm always down for that. Well, I imagine people were probably... That, yeah, the, it's the internet. I'm sure people voiced concern about uh, solo adventures kind of rewarding cards you could only get from that. I, I get it. I get it. Um, so you've been really enjoying it. You've been enjoying Rise of Shadows, the solo adventure. Now, did you buy any like major packs for the expansion or have you just were you just going to take on ladder free to play? Uh, I was going to take on ladder free to play, free Ooh. to play. Sorry. Uh, That's always been... fun. I've been putting too much money into other games to <laughs> just drop like 50 bucks on packs and hope I get what I want and end up not getting what I want and just use a deck from, you know, vanilla Hearthstone to try to make my way through. Yeah. Actually, I've been using Whizbang deck, so. And which expansion is Whizbang? Um, I think he was two expansions ago. Okay. This is probably why know. Jocelyn doesn't talk about Hearthstone on the show, because I just know nothing about Hearthstone. Well, Whizbang is cool, because basically what Whizbang is, it's one card. Right. You know, a deck usually has 30, he's just one card. And what it does is at the beginning of a game, he assigns you just a random meta deck. Oh. So uh, when I come in, it's not like I'm playing cards that I've never had. But because I have Whizbang, he's like, oh, this is a Silence Priest deck, so that's what you're going to play. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm, I'm a Silence Priest now. And it changes every game. So That sounds like that sounds like my kind of game, because I don't yeah, know the it's, cards. So It's I'd... really cool because I don't have any of those cards, but I can still play decks that can, you know, get me a win. Like, I went 9 and 11 when I jumped back into Hearthstone for the first time, and all I did was Whizbang decks. Huh. And is so. Whizbang craftable? Is that something I can go in there and do right now? Yep. 
Oh. That's how I got them. I was like, well, I can't afford buying all these cards, so I'll just get one of them. That's kind of neat. I might have to check that. I need to I need to look at the solo adventure. I'm always been one. I was I was kind of bummed when they announced that they were um they were going away from adventures and doing sort of like the dungeon runs and stuff like that. And I, I like the dungeon runs, but it wasn't the same. And then now that they're back to solo adventures, I guess I got to put my money where my mouth is and jump in and check this out. So I'm, I'm glad you brought it up. I completely forgot it had released because everyone talks about the expansion coming out and being a big deal. And then I'm like, well, where's the solo content? Oh, we, they haven't announced it. They've only said that it's coming later. I'm like, well, great. By the time it comes out, no one's going to be t- talking about it. And I, and I know, <laughs> I, I know, I have been reminded a couple times. I've been quite busy, but I, I saw that uh, the Angry Chicken crew put out like a guide for Hearthstone. Like, and I'm not just saying on YouTube, but like for uh, Blizzard, uh, and it's in the launcher too. So I was really, really excited to see that on on Twitter, uh, Jocelyn and you know Garrett and. And uh, the TAC uh, tweeter had put that out there. So I'm really glad that I got to watch that. It looks really cool. Um, yeah, even, yeah. even though I haven't, like, like I haven't played Hearthstone. I think the last time I really played it was, like, three years ago. Right. However, I've always kept track of it as an eSport. Like, I could probably commentate uh, a game of Hearthstone far better than i can ever play it so i know that like the meta that it's in right now is a really good meta there's some decks that are maybe played a bit too much but it's a really good place right now for hearthstone and the fact that they came out with a solo adventure that like even the top hearthstone players that stream their games they'll log into the solo adventure and just play that as well just because they're having so much fun like i've never seen them do that on solo adventures before it'd be like oh you know, we'll try it day one, but after that, I'm still going to grind ladder. But no, they're, they'll jump in, do a heroic mode solo adventure, and boom, you get to watch them do it. Nice. Well, I'll check it out. I need to. I've been I've been inching to get back into Blizzard content. I think uh, with the last six months, uh, I've I've gladly stayed away from Blizzard content, and I think I think this might bring me back. It, it sounds like it's a tr- return to form. So if it's funny, if it's quirky, and it's Hearthstone. I'm in. Let's do it. Uh, before we move into the news, though, and the pre-pre E3 stuff we're going to talk about tonight, I did want to mention you can go to patreon.com slash thegamersin and support this show directly. I'm doing the Nintendo Direct thing directly. It's not a video show this week, so you'll just take my word for it. Uh, that's where you'll also find the TGI Patreon Mini, which each week we do a less than 10-minute show that kind of gives you a preview of all the gamers in content coming out this week so certainly check that out and we are looking for our june patron by the time this goes live it will be june that's right the month of may has faded and it is now june think about that for a second if you'd like to be uh the focus of our uh patreon campaign you can go to patreon.com slash the gamers in and become our june patron josh let's talk about some pre 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 no no sorry pre pre e3 news with this lovely Pokemon press conference that took place this week. Uh, I caught it in Twitter. It was easily summarized into four tweets because it came in four parts. What yep. was your uh, favorite part of this uh, press conference? Uh, well, I mean, are we talking favorite that I like the most or favorite because I was like, what? Let's go with uh, the what? <laughs> what? 
uh pokemon sleep yeah uh, this was interesting like i i pulled up the video because uh none of the articles i found really said you know what is pokemon sleep all about and that's because in the video they never really go into it like the guy he keeps going like oh uh we're gonna find a way to make you know sleeping the next uh access to entertainment for pokemon and we're gonna figure that out i'm like oh cool and he's like and this is how we're gonna do it making sleep entertaining for pokemon i'm like oh okay how are we gonna go ahead about that he's like and to do it we're gonna make sleep entertaining for pokemon and i'm like but you're not giving us any details man what is this sleep thing <laughs> so I just, I was so weird because they're like, when you sleep, it's a whole new experience for your Pokemon enjoyment. I'm like, all right, what's going on here? Well, it's what, weird. What is Pokemon sleep, Ryan? I need to know. I'm losing my Pokemon sleep over this. <laughs> well, my understanding, and I could be wrong, what I gathered is that Pokemon sleep is a continuation of your Pokemon Go adventure. Like the way they described it in the tweet that I read was kind of that they, they, they'd conquered walking with Pokemon go and they're now looking to conquer your sleep and sleep tracking is a big thing. Like people are all in on sleep tracking, all the Fitbit, um, type, you know, bands, they all do sleep tracking now, you know, uh, making sure you improve your sleep through tracking has been kind of a phenomenon in the last like five years. So it's interesting to see, you know, it being, and that's my big thing. If it can be gamified, a lot of people looked at Pokemon Go or, and were like, actually, they were like, this is really cool. And I can't wait to play. But the, <laughs> the idea of gamifying walking and adventuring and cycling and getting out there and, and seeing the world, that's a big deal. Like a lot of old people are probably like, ah, I'm old, curmudgeon. Um, but it got people out, it got people engaging. People are still forming vast communities over Pokemon Go. And I'm not saying you should form vast communities over Pokemon Sleep. What you do in your house is your own business. <laughs> but I think it's kind of neat. And you know they're going to have a new Pokemon Go Plus little band that you can wear and you can sleep. And it'll track your sleep. And supposedly it'll like affect your Pokemon game and kind of help you progress your your sleep power in the game. So like, I don't know, like if it can, re if it can have game impact that's kind of neat i mean you're sleeping anyways right in the but how Ryan? I don't how know. i don't know i don't know what this is i don't know either maybe they reward I saw good a sleep? button that i guess you press and he just kept saying we're gonna make it entertaining and like <laughs> how do you make sleep entertaining and no this is not an x-rated podcast you can't answer this that question is this going to be like an Inception thing? Like Pokemon Inception. Blah. That's that's how you know you're in the real world if the if if the Pikachu stops spinning. That's how you know. Um, I don't... Spoiler alert. Um, I don't know if Pokemon Sleep is really, for me, I, I think if I was interested in tracking my sleep, I probably wouldn't Pokemon it. But then again, I don't know. A lot of people are into Pokemon Go. So we'll see. This is kind of a neat addition to pokemon go and it's an excuse for nintendo to sell an, or pokemon company to sell another wristband so yeah. that's the way i was looking at it it's one of those look you're playing pokemon go anyways all you got to do is track your sleep it's yeah. going to give you some benefits what's there to lose exactly you're sleeping already or at least i hope you are and if you aren't please see a doctor but uh <laughs> 
that's the silliest news and what probably see a jigglypuff near you (laughs) yes good one um the what would have been the silliest news i think and i think even a detective pikachu sequel on switch would have been sillier than pokemon sleep if the pokemon uh, uh, detective pikachu movie hadn't been such a big hit because detective pikachu at the beginning before the movie came out and all that was still a pretty niche sort of game that kind of was a spin-off came out and no one really talked about it and it's like well this is a big departure and now all of a sudden they're making a, they made that movie which i haven't seen yet but i hear it's really good uh now they're making a sequel on switch and suddenly pokemon's all in on releasing games on the switch so have you played the original detective pikachu or have you just have you even seen trailers of it uh i have not so, i've seen trailers of the movie and i yeah. plan on watching it eventually but like i felt like like imagine this gamble right because mm-hmm. i mean the, the idea to come up with the P- detective pikachu sequel like that was thought of before this movie was launched so like they're kind of putting their money on people are gonna like this movie imagine what happens if it flops <laughs> like do you even announce that game like man that's just like man the balls on pokemon right now they're just like let's do it you know what we're making this game i don't care how the movie goes and they did say that that it won't have the same ending as the movie so good news there oh is it based on the movie uh well they're saying that it's going to be different from the movie i guess there's a storyline that they're all kind of following um where the original detective pokemon but the detective pikachu right who is a pokemon it kind of ended in a way that you kind of know there's a sequel coming. And oh. I think the movie kind of followed along that storyline. But they're saying, look, it's not going to be the same as the movie. Hmm. Don't worry. So Now, do you get Ryan Reynolds to be Detective Pikachu in the Switch game? Or do you go back to the original voice actor from Detective Pikachu for 3DS? It's going to be a, a downloadable DLC. I'm just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Could you imagine? For five ninety nine, you get to listen to Ryan Reynolds go, Pika 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 Pika. Do you do, now? Here's the thing. Do you think has Ryan Reynolds done a video game? I mean, he essentially has. If he's done VO now for for a Pokemon movie, I would consider it to be kind of the same thing. Because uh, he wasn't doing mocap, was he for the mo- movie? Uh, I mean, I know he's been joking about it on some YouTube videos, but I mean, I'm I'm not trying to equate the two one-to-one but what i'm trying to say is like do you think the pokemon company would realize the success of the movie stems partially if not very strongly on the performance of ryan reynolds do you get him for the detective pikachu sequel on switch and kind of move away from the original voice which was kind of like a i want to say a cleaner danny devito but only because he's in that uh sunny always sunny in philadelphia that's why i say cleaner (laughs) Because he got uh, real dirty in the last decade. <laughs> I would say no. Okay. For two reasons. Uh, one, I feel like if you're saying that this is different from the movie, I don't think you want to use the same voice actor. Uh, and two, like Pokemon is huge in Japan. Like with this press conference, they were also announcing that they're adding like two stores and like, you know, all these places and it makes me jealous because we don't have one here um massive in japan so the question is is ryan reynolds massive in japan like 
I feel like it's first we make a Pokemon, then we ship it overseas, and then they Englishify it. And if that involves Ryan Reynolds, cool. But I think in the pre-release to Japan, I don't think Ryan Reynolds is part of that equation. Hmm. Well, I guess we'll have to see. Um, if anyone could convince Ryan Reynolds to do a video game, it's probably the Pokemon Company. I mean, they already did the hard work of getting him to voice Pikachu once. What's the harm in doing it again, right? Yeah. Um, and from what I hear, he did a really great job in the movie. So. Yeah. I was surprised when they announced Ryan. A lot of people were like, oh, of course it's Ryan Reynolds. He's so big. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, Ryan Reynolds said yes to Pikachu. I know he has kids, and that's probably why he was like, I got to do this. You know, I got to be number one. Um, it, it's uh, it's interesting. Um, let's talk about Pokemon Home, which was their third announcement. Pokemon Home being kind of this weird... It seems like a an online service to bridge the gap between all Pokemon games. Yep. And they have yeah, they have something on the three DS called Pokemon Bank, which I've used in the past. Okay. Which pretty much you get to play like I played Pokemon Blue and I would upload my Pokemon to the Pokemon Bank. And then I can play Pokemon uh Sun and Moon and I can download those pokemon into that game so i could be using pokemon that aren't even found in sun and moon because i found them in another game put them in the bank and then took them out of the bank and put them in that game um and so pokemon home takes that idea that the 3ds has with pokemon bank and adds in the switch and pokemon go so pretty much anything you play pokemon on you can upload your pokemon to the pokemon home and download it to whatever game you want to download it to. Hmm. It's that's pretty sweet. Like That's pretty big. Yeah. Like, it was so amazing. Because here's the thing. I think Sun and Moon were pretty cool. But I don't want an ice version of Vulpix and Sandshrew. Sorry. I'm an hmm. OG Pokemon kind of person. I want my fire Vulpix. I want my ground type Sandshrew. I don't want ice versions. So when I ice had saw the Pokemon pretty thing, cool, though. I don't care how it looks. I'm just it's saying. awesome. Okay. <laughs> Nine tails and fire form is awesome. So but I was ice. like, oh, snaps. Are you telling me I can play my Pokemon blue and red, catch those Pokemon, put them in the bank and use those in sun and moon. And you bet your booty. I did. It was so amazing. I had a sand true in Pokemon sun and moon. And the, like they have the sprites for the Pokemon like nailed too, like, I guess they included it in the coding or something, but mm -hmm. every Pokemon that you take out of the bank from whatever game you put it in from, there is a sprite for it in that game, and it works perfectly fine. So what is Home doing that that Bank wasn't? Uh, bank is 3DS exclusive. Oh, so Home is essentially like Pokemon Go, Pokemon 3DS, and Pokemon Switch, basically. Correct. Okay, yep. interesting. Well, that's really cool. So basically, I remember in Let's Go, you were able to port your games from Pokemon Go over to Pokemon Let's Go, but they Correct. kind of barred it essentially at the end of the game, I think, from what I heard. I never did finish it, but a lot of people were saying it's like six of eight badges, you're able to start importing characters. So do you think Home will also be barred until you've reached a certain progress, or how did that work with Pokemon Bank? So with Pokemon Bank, you had to get to a Poke Center. Oh, so literally um, just the first Poke Center. Yeah, that was pretty much it. Huh. Uh, 
the, the only thing you have to keep in mind is that when you upload something, at least this is how it worked for Bank. So let's say I caught that Sand Shrew in Pokemon Blue. When I uploaded that to the Pokemon Bank, uh, that Pokemon is gone from Pokemon Blue. Like, it's not creating a duplicate and putting it in the bank. It's taking that physical Sand Shrew, putting it in the bank, and then when I take it and put it in Sun and Moon, I don't have it in Blue anymore. Like, I have to go catch another one. So uh, I'm pretty sure Pokemon Home is going to work the same. So if you're someone who's like, oh, man, it's going to be so cool, just keep in mind that whatever you put in there and take to another game, it's gone from the original game. Yeah, it's not so Pokemon Clone. To... It's Pokemon Home. Exactly. Okay, I get it. So like, if it. you're someone who wanted the, the starting three Pokemon... You pretty much had to choose one, buy it up to the Pokebank, put it in there, restart your game, choose the other one, buy it up to the first Poke Center, you know, put it in there, restart your game, and kind of do that. So, hmm. Well, that's uh, really cool. Uh, the last announcement they had of, of note of their four major ones was Pokemon Masters, a game for smartphones, uh, free to play put out or uh, a collaboration between game freak and dna which is nintendo's mobile partner they worked on uh super mario run fire emblem heroes as well as animal crossing uh, pocket camp and i mean that's just off the top of my head i i honestly don't know if um i know they were involved in some capacity but uh yeah so dna has been working on this pokemon masters game they didn't say whether this was part of the original five that were announced uh, in collaboration with Nintendo, and even the two games coming out this summer, Mario Kart and Dr. Mario, I think only one of those was made by DNA. So Nintendo's kind of getting all in, and you know, Pokemon Company is separate from Nintendo. Nintendo has the major, you know, a majority of Pokemon Company, and obviously Pokemon is a Nintendo franchise, known to be a Nintendo franchise. So Pokemon Masters, I think the quote was basically they wanted to find a way to bring back all your favorite uh, gym trainers and characters and put them into one game uh, for you to interact with them. I didn't see any gameplay of it. It seems like details were light, but it's coming out in 2019, correct? Uh, that one I'm not too sure. I didn't find a lot on it. Mm -hmm. um, also, I, I'm going to be honest, I'm not a huge mobile game kind of person, so... Mm. Um, I kind of, like, I feel bad for saying it, but I kind of shut down after it goes, oh, this is the new mobile game. Like, ah, it's cool. Yeah, it's, you know, for me, mobile games are are interesting. Now that I've, you know, really latched on to Fire Emblem Heroes, it's really the only time I have to play mobile games is I'm keeping up with Fire Emblem Heroes. So uh, usually when a Nintendo mobile game comes out, I do check it out just due to the fact that I love Nintendo, but I don't usually stick with it, I think. Super Mario Run, I, I played a lot of, but Animal uh, Crossing, I kind of fell out after a couple months. But Pokemon Masters looks interesting, but I'm not sure I'm as attached to the Pokemon trainers as I am the Pokemon. Uh, and I, I watched the show, but only like the first sort of series run. Uh, so like, you know, I'm cool with like OG Brock and Misty and Sabrina and all that stuff, but I... And their Pokemon, uh, you know, counterparts. But I'm not, I don't know much about the new, the new, new stuff, right? So it'll be interesting to see how this works or whether it's like a fully fledged games as a service like Pokemon Go or Fire Emblem Heroes, or if it's just going to be, hey, we're putting this out for free. It's got a finite amount of content 
and we hope you enjoy it. You know, like kind of like the other Pokemon mobile games, like Pokemon Rumble and Pokemon Quest, right? Which yeah. felt very much like a fun distraction. Put some money into it if you really want to like make it go faster, or you can grind through and have a have a have a fun time, I guess. So, um, but yeah, that was pretty much it for the press conference. That was actually funny enough. That was Pokemon's literal pre pre E three announcement because they have a Nintendo Direct a Pokemon Direct coming next week on June 5th, and that'll be focused solely on Pokemon Shield and Pokemon Sword. And then I'm Mm -hmm. assuming that at the uh, Treehouse Direct, like after the Nintendo Direct, they do the Treehouse Live, and I'm sure Pokemon Shield and Sword will be featured there as well. So plenty of Pokemon content to keep you Pokemon people pacified. I wanted to go for another P, but I don't know if pacified is a... is the word I want to use, but uh, let's you know let's look at Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Let's completely switch gears and uh, talk <laughs> about. I know, literally turned and raced around in the other corner as fast as we could. <laughs> uh, Call of Speaking of cute monsters, let's talk about war. I mean, <laughs> have you seen the mustache on that guy? The mustache tech for this game looks <laughs> phenomenal. Um, Call of Duty Modern Warfare is not a mistake. It's a it's a reimagining. Or, no, it's a reboot of the Modern Warfare sort of sub series of Call of Duty. It's like Call of Duty has a bunch of sub series. Modern Warfare yeah. and, and Black Ops being the two most popular and continuing for that matter. But uh, yeah, this this appears to be a reimagining of Modern Warfare. It looks to be like you have your Captain Price character. That's how you play. That's who you play. And the only reason I don't think they say Captain Price, but he's got the like, the mustache and the cigar and yeah, stuff. He's got every quality that you think he has. Exactly. He screams Captain Price essentially by this game. We got Captain Price in it. Um, I, it's made by Infinity Ward, so it's the original developers of the Modern Warfare franchise. Uh, obviously, there's been turnover since with the big, you know, respawn uh, kerfuffle. But um, Modern Warfare to me as a game is very similar to world of warcraft in that modern warfare is a game that i played when i was in college slash university and it was the first war shooter that i really latched onto as a single player game and i can i can picture that submarine level or that boat level (laughs) in my head the whole thing and boat level you're talking exactly it's just it's so cinematic and it was so well done and for its time it was this reimagining of how a shooter like a war shooter could be more than you know multiplayer where i die right away and i stop playing right away you know (laughs) and that's just me personally but i i am tempted by this reimagining because i do like the call of duty sort of um feel for single player i would like to see them kind of reimagine it and look look at it a little little closer and i'm hoping that's why they skipped the single player campaign in black ops 4 to kind of you know take a year to kind of reset similar to what assassin's creed has done of recent years so yeah um it's out october 25th uh pc ps4 and xbox one i didn't see any fervor of a switch announcement i don't know if i missed that but it looks pretty damn good, so I highly doubt it's coming to Switch in terms of graphical fidelity. <laughs> Not that yeah, this... <laughs> that's usually what I think about games, like especially with, like Dauntless. I was like, man, I'd really love this on the Switch, but I don't 
don't know if the Switch can handle that. Yeah, and I'm, <laughs> I don't need every game to come to Switch because you know what? Uh, like you look at Mortal Kombat 11, I, I think it's great that you can put a game like that that's out on PS4 and Xbox One and PC on Switch. But like I have those other platforms, I'm I don't I don't need to trade portability for graphic fidelity. But that's just uh, my my sort of take on it. But uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, when I saw this, I was like, oh, man, it's another shooter where the title is like, it's starting to feel like the Batman franchises, you know, like every time they reboot it, it's not like Batman four. It's this is the Batman. Now this is the modern warfare, you know, uh, so I, that kind of gave me a good chuckle. But uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare two was the only Call of Duty that I really got into. So uh when I was watching the trailer, I was like, oh, you know, I might give it a try. It mm-hmm. depends if there's anything else coming out around that time. Oh, um, knowing October, there will be a lot coming out around that time. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I'm not a, I'm not a huge first-person shooter player anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, I was back in the day. Like, the Halos, the Call of Duties. Like, I was all over those battlefields. But... Nowadays, like, I'm more of an RPG co-op kind of player. So when I see this, first of all, when you watch the trailer, it's like actual in-game footage. Like, they're showing the cinematics in-game. So for, I was like, come on. Show me, you know, the gun in the middle of the screen that's not anatomically correct if you think about it. <laughs> and your HUD display. Show me what it looks like. And they never show it. No, it's just the battlefield or I'm sorry, Call of Duty cinematics that they do, which share the same graphics as the gameplay. I'll give them that. Yeah. But I never saw a HUD display. So shame on you, trailer. Next time, show me a HUD. I don't know if they announced when gameplay would be sort of shown, but I I, I think you're right. It feels like this is very much in-game cinematics, which look phenomenal. But I, I would like to see some gameplay as well. It looks like they're doing some interesting stuff. It's definitely a darker feel. Um, they've talked about it as a reimagining, like I said. But the interesting part is that it's actually going to have cross-platform play across yep. PS4, Xbox One, and PC, which is really good to see. And then uh, no season pass. So essentially, the maps, they're not splitting the community. They're going to be releasing maps to all, which is really good. And that seems to be a new trend that's been really taking off. And yeah, I'm really, I mean, I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm going to check. I'm going to kind of watch it as, as things develop. I know late October is always busy, so I'm not going to like really put it in the calendar and be, yep, this is my October game because Nintendo probably has a couple of couple of things under their sleeve and hopefully microsoft as well but uh speaking of new season pass and how they would essentially support the lack of a sales model in dlc let's uh re revisit let's crack open the loot box talk again because josh you you had some comments on last week's episode that you listened to where we where jocelyn and i talked about the uh the banning of loot box mechanics the new u.s bill that was uh tabled in the senate i don't know if it's made any progress i doubt it works that quickly no, government not the government works that quickly <laughs> nope no government does i mean it's bipartisan so it'll work quicker than most stuff but uh um yeah i was listening to you guys and like you did a good job explaining everything mm-hmm. but i was curious as to how you guys personally feel about it because uh for me i hate loot boxes. right 
Like, I, I think I tweeted it out somewhere that I would much rather drop $10 on a skin that I really want as opposed to dropping $10 on 50 loot boxes and hoping I get it. You know, I don't, I don't like that feeling of not being in control of what my purchase is getting me. Um, the only difference is in Hearthstone kind of feels like a trading card game. So for that, I don't really see those as loot boxes. Um, but I don't know, like when Fortnite did a good job of it, Dauntless does it too, where it's like, Hey, this is the skin that we have in this store. Hmm. It's going to cost you 10 bucks to get it, but you're guaranteed to get it. I will give 10 bucks for that 100% of the time, as opposed to, uh, oh, what game did went overboard with it oh uh star wars the old republic the mmo their loot box system went nuts it's like oh you can get either this armor set or this gun skin or this mount or this furniture for your thing or this amount of currency Mm -hmm. all in this one loot box it's like what (laughs) what if i just want one of those things so that's you know it's funny when I remember our conversation last week and I had a follow-up conversation on Summoner's Call, which is a game, uh, a show focused solely on Fire Emblem Heroes, which is a free-to-play game supported by the loot box mechanic. Um, and I think when we discussed it on the Gamers Inn, we covered the fact that both Joss and I play games with loot box mechanics and the fact that these mechanics are used to uh, the argument can be made that they're used to supplement development and, you know, keep games at a lower cost. You know, games have essentially stayed the same price uh, for for decades. And I th- and that's not normal. You go to a movies, it did not cost seventeen uh, fifty to go see a movie when when we were kids, you know. Um, and to, I don't think it costs seventeen fifty now. I think it's like fifteen bucks. But still, I remember not paying fifteen bucks at the movies to see the theater and movies have changed in the last 20 years you know budgets are bigger effects have changed the way you shoot a movie has changed um the whole industry has changed and movie tickets have have come along for the ride and the way you buy movies the way you rent movies everything so with video games the fact that the price of a video game hasn't changed uh is kind of interesting you know and developers have to find a way to sort of sort of supplement that now Am I cool with loot boxes? Predatory use of loot boxes is not cool. That is definitely not okay. And I think there's a balance that can be struck with a good developer in creating fair loot boxes that are fun. Um, but there's always that chance you're you're not going to get what you want, and that's never fun. Um so yeah, I would much prefer mechanics where you buy things, you know, where there's no there's no random chance. Uh, we talked about there was some discussion in the Fire Emblem channel about uh, Fire Emblem Heroes maybe not allowing you to buy heroes, but maybe a subscription. So as long as you're subscribed to the game, you get all the heroes. But then that kind of creates a level playing field, right? Everybody's on the same level, uh, and that would introduce issues with the game. You know, um, maybe not bad issues or, or whatever, but it, it would still change the game fundamentally. So it's a tough call. And the way I 
sort of throw out my opinion of loot boxes is by not buying them uh, unless I feel as though I'm I'm personally being rewarded you know if yeah. that's the way I've done now overwatch I came down pretty hard on overwatch I think when we've discussed loot boxes it's because I had a bad time with overwatch and loot boxes I put yep, like 80 here. bucks into the loot box system didn't get what I wanted and I was like well um, and I'm the type of person who when I spend money on something, if I have a bad taste in my mouth, it takes a long way for it to go away, for it to dis- yeah. dissipate, right? Funny thing is, like, same game for me. Yeah. I put, I think, about 50 bucks in loot boxes, got a bunch of crap, and then that was the last time I ever bought loot boxes, and it was the last time I ever played Overwatch. Yeah. Just, and It killed it for me. I know. It's the same thing here. That was the last time I really, really got into Overwatch, and one could argue, A, that's not the game's fault, that's that's your fault for and when i say you are i mean me that's my fault for you know putting money into something and expecting to feel better about it but like yeah i know overwatch is fun but it's just i don't know the loot boxes kind of kind of killed it for me and i i can i know i can play the game i get all the characters for free they've done that right uh but i just the loot boxes turned me off and i just haven't gone back and i think by the time i was ready to go back all my friends had moved on to something else. Like Overwatch was suddenly not a thing a lot of people were playing. But yeah. I I don't think there should be a ban outright. I think there should be a conversation between industry specialists and government similar to what happened when the ESRB was put in place uh, with game ratings, self-regulated. I think that's important. The way you get to that conversation probably is this path. Like a very yeah. strict legislation that goes through, and then, and then they have a com. I hope they have a conversation. Yeah, that's how most things will go. Like they go to an extreme, mm-hmm. and then suddenly everyone's talking about it, and then it can be reeled back to something manageable. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I do feel something needs to happen because, um, like you look at games like Fortnite, for example, it's a free to play game. But they're huge. Mm-hmm. Like Fortnite is huge, and you're like, well, how does Fortnite making their money? Well, it's not through loot boxes. They have their battle pass, mm-hmm. and they have skins that you could just straight up buy. And like, I don't, I get why loot boxes worked financially. You know, yeah. It's, well, it's it's, it's the casino effect. Like, yeah. you know, if you don't give them exactly what they want right off the bat, they're going to give you more money. I get it, but I would pay you more than what a loot box would cost me to get what I guarantee will want over a bunch of loot boxes. Like, I don't know if that's just a unique feeling to me and a few others, but like, I would legit drop $10, $15 on a skin. You know, I've done it in League of Legends, I did it in. Uh, I think Heroes of the Storm started off that way, right? It did, yeah. Heroes of the Storm was a pay, a, a pay store, so you could buy the heroes you wanted, the skins you wanted, and you could always yeah. go in and buy those. Uh, as far as I understand, but then they switched over to the loot boxes. They still allowed you to buy heroes and featured skins, but a lot of it was through loot boxes. And I, I've never engaged with a battle pass. I am, I have an understanding of what they are, but I really do like that implementation where you're buying, I'm buying a ticket 
I know what I can get with that ticket if I put in the time. And if I'm playing a game and I'm enjoying the game, 10 bucks to kind of have that carrot on the stick to play more is more exciting to me than $10 put towards a chance at getting something that I might want. Yeah, you know? and that's, that's the beauty of the Battle Pass system is mm-hmm. like uh, I didn't start playing Fortnite until like two or three seasons ago. And the first season I played, I was like, you can look at what's in a battle pass. Like, I think Fortnite goes all the way to like level 100. Like, you can look at every level and see what you would get if you bought it. Like, you don't have to buy it to see it. So you can be like, uh, do I want this stuff or not? Because there's a free version, right? Yeah, there's a free version which has like minor rewards, whereas the paid version has like much better rewards. That's where you're going to get your character skins and stuff. Yeah. Um, But for me, last season, uh, when I was looking at all the rewards, I was like, oh, I'm not interested in all that stuff, so I'm not going to drop money on it. But there's been seasons where I'm like, oh, man, that that rank 57 skin looks pretty sweet. I am going to buy the pass because I'm playing the game anyways, mm-hmm. and I know I'm going to put more time towards the game because I want to get to that rank. So, like, if you're giving me what I want... I'll give you what you want, which is my money and my time. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it feels very, you know, symbiotic. Like, hey, I'm giving you what you need. You're giving me what I want. Everyone's happy. And with the game cost, if they came out and said, look, uh, we'll get rid of loot boxes. Uh, we'll do much better on games. But games are going to cost you 20 bucks more. I'd be down for that. I've been cheering for higher cost games for a while now because there's so many you know uh, game design companies that are going under and Mm -hmm. it sucks so like I don't know why we haven't raised the prices on video games yeah I I don't even I don't know I I honestly don't know what will happen I I really do hope that the industry can figure out a way forward that that makes everybody understandable as well like understanding at least and yeah like i loot boxes are tough the in on one side of things they completely turn me off of a game and on the other side of things like i just i kind of you know live you know i'm copacetic i just live and uh i'm fine with them i can live alongside loot boxes like with fire emblem heroes i am able to cohabitate in that game with the mechanic of loot boxes and sure am i disappointed when i miss out on a hero that i want to summon yeah but i know that that hero will always come back in the near future and i'm playing the game regularly so i'll just get the hero when they return on some banner like nothing's so exclusive that it's not going to return in the next three to four months and even if they don't and i don't get them at that point like it's still fun to play in my mind so um I, I'm sure if I, that's why I won't drop money on the game, like a large amount. I'll support the game by doing the podcast and, you know, buying special promos and stuff. But that's why I haven't dropped hundreds of dollars on, on trying to get a hero, because that will be the day that I quit that game, you know? Mm. Uh, and I, and I know that because I've experienced it with Overwatch and, and yes, by that logic, I think loot boxes are bad and the conversation needs to be had at a higher level. That isn't just people complaining on the internet developers not listening 
Um, so I, I hope there's a conversation and I hope everyone gets to be involved and there's some positive momentum forward. So, um, speaking of conversation, you can certainly join that conversation by going to our discord, go to bit.ly slash TGI discord. Let us know what you think about Pokemon sleep or loot boxes, depending on your mood and the conversation you want to kick off you can also email your show your sorry you can email your thoughts directly to the show info at gamersinpodcast.com josh that's going to do it for this week why don't you let some fine folks who are listening all these fine folks that are listening they're all fine uh let them know where they can find you on the internet oh you can find me on twitter i'm at the underscore jdc I also stream five nights a week on Twitch, twitch.tv slash justjosh22. Uh, we do co-op gaming, mostly Don't Starve, uh, Dauntless, and other co-op games. And we do invite people who watch to come join us. We're also going to have an Extra Life event next Saturday, so you guys can come check that out as well. We'll be gaming all day long. Should be nice and fun. Nice. Night. have you joined a team yet? I have not. I've been waiting on you guys to start a team. Come on, man. I get in trouble when I bring up Extra Life before August. (laughs) 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 You know, should I make a team and then you guys join? What's the? I I think we should get a gamers in team started, and I we would love to have you. I think it's just uh, usually when I, (laughs) the one time I broached the subject before September and and uh yeah it 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 was interesting um we always do extra life we do some sort of thing i I loved our our sort of split stream schedule from last year i think that worked out really well and honestly i feel like regular events would be much better than trying to scrunch it all into november which is a terribly busy month for everybody so yeah definitely give him a follow slightly busy exactly (laughs) uh give josh a follow check out his dauntless and uh don't starve content over there there's plenty of videos i was kind of you know going through them just to kind of see what games you're playing and uh yeah lots of content certainly check it out you can also visit gamersinpodcast.com for more of our episodes you can follow us on twitter you can find jocelyn at joss plays myself at our murphy josh at the underscore jdc and don't forget to follow the show at the gamers in the video versions of all our episodes will be streamed on thursdays at 8 30 p.m eastern over on twitch.tv slash the gamers in and are available after the fact on twitch thank you so much for listening and have a fantastic week